time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is episode number 161 of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens! We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton. But most importantly, we hug chickens every day. And we kiss them too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house in historic Gettysburg, PA. Bantam Coffee Roasters. Holly, and what kind of coffee are we brewing today? Today we're doing Costa Rican because we're thinking about warmer weather and island life. I wish I was there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can we tell everybody where you get a cup of this delicious coffee? Bantamroasters.com. And use our code FLUFFYBUTT for 10% off anything on the website and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Are you ready to sip some of this delicious Costa Rican coffee and chat? I am. But first, a word from our sponsor. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubly Farms. They're here, new and improved, Grubly's World Harvest. I'm a longtime subscriber and my flock love the healthy, nutritious treats Plus, orders $40 or more ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein, perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. Grubly Farms makes food and treats for healthy pets and planet. To support us and Grubly's, go to our website or our show notes and use the link. Try it today. Okay, so how are you doing? Pretty well over here. Did you have a good holiday? Yes, I'm still recovering. Mm-hmm. It's... Just after Christmas. Yeah. And it is the busy time of the year. Now, normally December 26th is one of my most favorite days of the Absolutely. year. Especially when the kids were really little mm-hmm. and everything, you know, had to be done perfectly and secret, all the Santa stuff. I could not wait for December 26th. And it was the day where I would wake up, sit on the sofa, drink coffee and not leave the sofa until they go to bed. That sounds good. It's my favorite day of the year, more than even Christmas. Mm. But yes, it's always nice, the nostalgia of Christmas, being together with family, having, you know, Christmas dinner. What'd you guys do? We drove up to visit our in-laws. Well, my in-laws, Peace Family. Yeah. Which was super nice. Went up, we had dinner, just hung out, it was low-key, and then we drove home. That sounds like a good day. It was good. And it's lovely to see Pete's family. They're really wonderful and loving people. But secretly, the best part of that day for me is the six hours that we have in the car. That's what I was going to say, the drive together. Just chatting and goofing off and acting the way we acted when we were dating. And I I just love that little bit of time we have together. Yeah. No worries. You're just driving, Mm -hmm. talking. That's always fun. Yeah. I made some lasagnas. I made my mac and cheese here. We had family over. And yeah, the sofa's calling my name. Sofa sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, so now we're in that in-between week that mm-hmm. is you lose track of what day and what time it is. Oh, I'm already there. Because you stay up late, sleep in later. The chickens are like, hey, wake up. You're supposed <laughs> to be taking care of me. And we're like, don't you know it's the week between Christmas and New Year's? They're like, yeah, I don't care. They- Get out here now. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of like in that part of the winter now where what a difference a day makes. Well, we have reached the shortest day of the year. Yes. The days are already lengthening. Let's go spring. That's right. Team spring here. Team team spring all the way. Yes. And on that note, if you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head on over to Apple Podcast and leave us a written review or a typing review. It's not, you don't write it. Type it in. 
And <laughs> I suppose it's true. It, it does amazing things for the growth of our show. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Two things. We grow immensely and you never miss an episode. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you can tell a few chicken-loving friends about us. 500,000. You can share your favorite episodes on social media. You can check out our Etsy shop, t-shirts, mugs, tiny chickens. You can become a patron of the show, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. And the other thing you can do to help support the show is visit our website and our show notes. Use our affiliate links and discount codes and buy products from our sponsors. Yay! Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me take a minute to tell you about the chicken love box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the mega box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with a chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. In the August box, I absolutely love those amazingly good-smelling nest box herbs and that giant roll of rooster stickers. They're great. I love the wood decorative plate. It's going up in our studio today. And with all my baking, those egg separators are going to work awesomely. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order, and shipping is always free. Such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box of a three-month subscription or more. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals health products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. The Breed Spotlight is brought to you by Murray McMurray Hatchery, defining quality for generations. For over a century, Murray McMurray Hatchery has remained a trusted family-owned business working tirelessly to ensure our poultry meet the highest standards. Whether you are an experienced enthusiast or just embarking on the journey, look to McMurray Hatchery for guaranteed quality rare and heritage breeds, low minimums, and all the supplies you need to raise your flock. Request a free catalog today. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave me some chickens and a breed spotlight. (laughs) Perfect. This week's breed spotlight is the Pynchon Bantam. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. Yeah. Have you generally, not you, Holly Ann, heard of the Pynchon Bantam? Because if you haven't, now you have, and now you know that it's a breed in trouble. Why'd you exclude me from answering? Because you know I love to put my hand up for those. Because you already know it. Because I'm a super breed nerd. (laughs) The breed nerd's not allowed to answer. Because you would not be raising your hand if you hadn't heard about it. Well, there wouldn't be a spotlight if I hadn't heard about it. So, (laughs) now, there was a period in time where I was on fire for these little birds. I think last year, you were like, I'm going to find them. I'm going to find them. I'm going to find them. And I did find them. But what I ultimately decided was to stick with my nankins. Yes, you did. I really don't have the space or time to do two breeding projects. Plus, the pigeons need more work. A lot more work than the nankins. They're actually way more rare, too. Yes. So. They're extremely rare. Yeah. The pigeon bantam is an extremely rare American breed of true bantam. They are. 
They're believed to have developed in New England in the early 1800s. They are a crested breed, and they only have one color variety, and that is the Millie Floor. One of our faves. It really is so pretty. The very few breeders and keepers out there all report that these are happy and chatty little birds. Because there's so little information, I reached out to the Pynchon Preservation and Breeders Group on Facebook. I have been a member of that group for several years. Yeah, you've been pretty passionate about this chicken for a while. And I hit the jackpot because Rusty Hart, who was one of the longest and best breeders of pensions, answered me with a lot of very useful information. You rang that phone, ring, ring, and he answered. Or I left a message on Facebook and he answered, but that's okay. Now, and I will also (laughs) say, and without singling at Mr. Hart, there are a couple of older breeders who will not sell their birds anymore. Do you know why? We read that before when we were talking about doing this last year. Right, right. Why? Because they have sold birds to people over the years and people have let them be killed by predators. It's very sad. We've talked about this many times, but you have such a breed of bird that's in need of such help and you don't give them the proper protection that they need. Right. And so people would buy birds and then the person comes back and says, I need to buy more because I had the chicks out in the grass and the crows picked them all off. I'm not selling birds to you either. Right. You're done. Well, actually, I don't even sell the nankins. My nankins only go to people or places where they're going to get exemplary care. Well, let's talk about George Washington's historic home. Yes, that's where they go. <laughs> well, and the livestock staff at Mount Vernon are so amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they got my crop this year. So I don't have a copy of the ABA standard, so I wasn't able to check this. But I know that the pension was included in the American Bantam Association standard from 2014. Okay. And that is generally the standard that breeders will use for the pension. Okay. As far as I know, the pension was never recognized by the APA. Such a shame. I know. And these are adorable little birds. There's not a lot of history written about them. Oddly enough, they do appear in Nathaniel Hawthorne's 1851 novel, The House of the Seven Gables. Exactly. Weird. He names the Pynchon families after the chickens. And he did keep Pynchon chickens in real life. What we don't know for sure is how and when they got to the U.S. We don't know any foundation breeds that were used to develop them. And we don't know what kind of breeding was done with them. You know, we don't what know was, a whole lot. Yeah, we really don't. Now, if you do any kind of exhaustive searching for pensions, you're going to find an article or two that suggests that Thomas Jefferson may have kept pensions at Monticello. And we were there two years ago, mm-hmm. and it was a nice place. There's not a lot of solid evidence behind this Thomas Jefferson theory. We do know that he did have chickens and he loved them. He did, and he also kept and bred bantams. Right. And there are some existing letters between Jefferson and his granddaughter, Ellen. And he was asking after some bantams that he had sent to her. Right. I'm not sure what evidence anyone used to draw the conclusion that these were pensions. It is possible, but several other bantam breeds would be possible as well. Of course. In one of the letters, Jefferson says he wants her to figure out if these bantams are the Adriatic fowl mentioned in some ancient text. (laughs) So, If they were Adriatic fowl, they would be chickens that would be from the area around the Adriatic Sea. Right. If the pensions are of Belgian stock, which I've seen in a couple places, they think the foundation breeds were maybe a Belgian breed, then they probably would not be connected to the Adriatic. And I will go so far as to say that mealy floor pattern does suggest Belgian birds. It does. But who the heck knows? I'm just saying that the Thomas Jefferson angle is an interesting one. But I've seen zero to back it up. This is one of those chickens that's out there that we can't give you a huge story. And it's one of the reasons why we put it off and not doing it. Because 
it's not like we have a lot to report on them or we can give you, you know, like a nice story with a bow of who right. did this and, you know, all the foundation breeds. But we decided to put that aside because we feel that this chicken needs some attention drawn to it. Mm-hmm. It needs that much help out there to get people to start talking about it so that we can try to save it. We don't want to lose this chicken. No, the Livestock Conservancy has studied the pension at odd times, but they feel like there's not even a big enough genetic base to list them. Exactly. So as true bantams, they're very, very small birds. Mm -hmm. The males are weighing in at about one pound, eight ounces, and the females at about one pound, six ounces. So they're pretty similar to nankins. They're little. They're under two pounds. Mm-hmm. They have willow green legs, straight combs, red earlobes, and reddish bay eyes. Now, the hens have an adorable crest, while the roos have more of a tassel behind the combs. It's kind of think like crusty cream leg bar. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, the only color variety is a milliflor. It's one of our favorites. It does suggest Belgium chicken. Though. It does. Definitely. And the base color of the feathers should be a butterscotch buff for hens and a darker buff on the roosters with a rich golden bay. Okay. So Rusty Hart notes that breeders would be aiming for crisp spangles and avoid breeding birds that are overly white, especially the males with too much white on their legs and tails. Yeah, he really did make a big point of that. If you're going to be doing the breeding, you really want to concentrate on the crisp spangle a smaller bird, right? the willow legs, and breeding out that excessive white. Now, the boys have long, beautiful tail feathers. They do. So that's good. And it takes about two years for the milly floor to fully develop. Yeah, we see that with the speckled birds and the spangled birds. We see birds. that. Mm-hmm. Every year after a molt, the birds change. Their speckling becomes more. They fall more into that pattern. And that means if you're breeding, you need to be patient. You can't... You right. Like Jump to six, conclusions. A six-month-old grow-out is not old enough for you to evaluate the value of the bird as a breeder. I mean, our jubilees are now going to be two years old, and Mm -hmm. they're way more speckled than even what they grew in originally. So it definitely does take some time. So the chicks should be more of a buff brown than a yellow. They generally hatch with their crests visible. Super cute. The cutest chicks of all have visible crests. Oh, yeah, yeah. We know this from the Houdans. No, can I go through and not mention a Houdan? No, I'm obsessed with Houdans. Nah, <laughs> never would have guessed it. Now, the adult birds, they should have a like a deep breast and a proud bantam stance. I mean, he doesn't like that. They're not as extreme as, as the Saramas. The Saramas are like, yeah, look the at Saramas my chest. The Saramas hold that award of, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like their little chin is on their breast and it's... At it's, the Ohio Nationals, that was some of my favorite watching those little boys yeah. push their, their chest out. Like he works it. out. <laughs> so the pigeons, they lay on average about three cream to white eggs per week. And reports say that they're one of the larger bantam eggs. Which is a lot more similar to the nankins again. The nankins have a little bit of the larger bantam They really do have also. a big egg for a bantam, yeah. So if you are interested in a bantam, this might be a chicken for you. Three eggs per week is a pretty average mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit bigger, so you know you can feed a family a little bit better. They do go broody and they do make great mothers. We know this of true bantams of all except one breed. Look out, so John Seabright. Because Chrissy's got a in for you, man. And there are issues with fertility in some of the strain. But at least one of the major breeders that I heard from feels like that's starting to improve. So they're starting to breed that out. You know, again, this is a game for a patient person. I mean, this takes a lot of care. 
It does. Getting and these it's going to take more than the average of seven years exactly. to get past us. Mm-hmm. And when we talked to Jeanette Berenger over the Livestock Conservancy, she tells us over and over again that the average span of somebody in a breeding program is seven, seven years. Seven years, right. After seven years, they tend to fall out. And that's not a big deal if they carefully disperse their birds. But right. if you're just giving them to anyone out there who's not going to take care of them, then you're effectively shooting all of your own work. If you find somebody to take over for you, and if you're done after seven years, and then you find your person that's going to come in Mm -hmm. and take over, that's the responsible thing to do in the breeding program. Exactly. Like you said, just giving your birds to anybody and just saying whatever, then all the work that you've done over the last few years does nothing for them. Right. The pigeon is a bird that must be carefully guarded from predators and the cold. They're tiny. They're under two pounds, so they're going to need a heater. So a few years back, when we had those terrible cold snaps in the southern U.S., you remember that? Yes. A startling number of bantams were lost to the cold, including a really tragic number of pensions. Well, this is why we say the bantams do need the panel heaters. That's right. It, it can save their lives. And I did. That was at the point where I was trying to find my pensions. So I called one of the bigger breeders and was told that the flock was really decimated from the cold. That's just sad. It's terrible. It's sad. So they do make great pets. They're beautiful little birds, and they need, like we said, a lot of help with conservation breeding. This is one of those people reach out to us all the time. We get a lot of people reaching out to us every day. And this is one of those breeding projects that we would recommend if you wanted to try Mm -hmm. is if you're in it for the long haul, right, is a pension. Because this is a breed that's little that could use the help in breeding. I feel like with the pension, and I'm on the fence about this, with the Nankins, I do occasionally have birds that go elsewhere. Very occasionally. I don't sell them. I give them only to the best homes. I will do hatching eggs for people who are responsible with eggs. Right. I don't know if you can just do hatching eggs with pensions and have the same effect because they do need so much help getting them towards their breed standard. Right. I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that. This is a project for somebody who's seriously into helping and conserving a breed and wants to devote their time and their effort into helping a creature of existence. It's a real project. As I mentioned earlier, the gene pool is so small that the Livestock Conservancy does not list a pension on the conservation priority yeah, list. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. I mean, that's almost to the one foot into extinct. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so scary. this is why we chose this chicken for now and not without the story say, okay, well, it's not going to entertain you guys, but this chicken needs the assistance and that's why we pushed through with it. And back to the care that they need, this little bird is an excellent flyer and will roost in trees if given half a chance. They're little. And that's a recipe for hypothermia in the winter. Right. When you, with a bird that tiny, you need to keep these birds warm and safe. So in general, they're very busy. They're happy. They're active little birds. They're chatty. They're friendly with people. In what way could you go wrong with this bird? Everyone that I heard from that were keeping these love them. They're like they're little talkers. They're super friendly. They're always dancing around. They think they're charming. Exactly. So breeding them will require some time, some space, and most of all, patience. Oh, yeah. Because they need assistance. And but it's it, going to take time. It sounds like they're extremely lovable and well worth it. I mean, they're the well people worth it. who are working with them love these little birds. I'm going to see if we can find a photo for the show notes, but they're the cutest little chickens. They are so cute. I've seen one online. Yeah. So getting your hands on the little pension is going to be the tough part of all of this. And getting your hands on a pension that approaches breed standard is even harder. So P. Allen Smith does maintain a flock and will sell pears, which is really good to know at the Moss Mountain Farm in Arkansas. Right. You have to go in person to buy from him, but he does sell. So if you're close enough to do a road trip... 
Hey, that would be a great place. I heard his home is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Well, I've seen it for years on the PBS show. Yes, it looks exactly, amazing. Exactly. Exactly. There is a Pynchon Preservation Breeding Group on Facebook. I mentioned that earlier. I've belonged to it to a few years. You can buy from some breeders there. But what we're seeing on the group is they're really struggling to produce birds with the willow legs. Right. A lot of blue legs, but they need willow. It is a very nice and helpful group. Privet Hatchery does sell pensions, but I have heard repeatedly that they have serious breed faults. Then again, that may be the only way some people can get their hands on these birds to start working. So if you're one of the few people out there that have the pension, we're begging you, send us a picture. Mm-hmm. Mention us in your story. Hit that mention button on your story and then put our name in and we can reshare. And we would love to see your pensions, please. If you're looking for a chicken coop that's produced in a planet-friendly, sustainable way, try Nestera. Each coop is made from highly durable, 100% recycled plastic that keeps the equivalent of up to 2,000 shampoo bottles out of a landfill. Their clean, modern design will fit into any garden or run area and comes with an industry-beating 25-year warranty and a range of handy accessories. Simple to put together, so quick and easy to clean, and most importantly, red mite resistant. Your chickens will love it. Quick shipping from Nestera.us. For a 5% discount, use the affiliate link in our show notes, on our website, and on Instagram. Link in bio. Check them out today. Roosties proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. They're back with an innovative new product. You're going to want to check this out. It's an extra large set, a 14-pound feeder in three-gallon water with steep anti-roost lids. They're made of super durable material. You can either stand them on legs or hang them on brackets on your coop or fence. They're easy to remove and clean too. Plus, they look awesome. We personally use Roosties and we're huge fans. So if you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, check out the Roosties store on Amazon or follow the link in our show notes. Okay, so are we ready to move on to main topic? Yeah. 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 We're going through, like right now, it's the week between Christmas and New Year's, and we want to take a look back at our year in review. It's been a very busy year for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it Professionally, has. with building our podcast and our business, we have been extremely busy And we just want to take a look back at our year, that's our main topic, and kind of just chat about it. We'll start off by saying thank you to all of our listeners, old and new. Some of you have been with us from the beginning, and that just means so much to us. We love it. Thank you. Thank you. Can you believe our podcast this year actually hit our third year anniversary? I can, yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that makes you look back and reflect and being grateful. Oh, yeah, definitely. We are very grateful. That we're best friends. We've been together in each other's lives since we were 10. And, you know, we had this idea to have a business together. And, you know, I'm grateful for the team that we have made, you and I. I mean, we do incredible things. So, you know, it it works. And I'm grateful for every listener out there, every supporter of ours out there that has helped us get to that three-year mark of every single week. Every single week for three years, Mm -hmm. we have produced a show for you guys. That's right. It's a lot of shows. Chicken ladies never sleep. So we've always had a pretty nice following on Apple, but our Spotify numbers started to grow this year. That's a good thing for this year. Thank you for everyone who has subscribed and followed us over on Spotify. We appreciate you. We love the lessons. Other things, highlights from the year. We took part in the first annual Backyard Chicken Summit. That was this year. That was fun. We will be doing it again this year for a second time. Mm -hmm. And- you know, we had fun doing that project together. It was a lot of work and 
We loved <laughs> it. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work between both of us mm-hmm. when di- we give each other jobs. And, you know, we were just glad to be able to get on there and help educate everyone on heritage breeds. This year, we're doing the summit again, and we're speaking on chicken crops, something we both know <laughs> a lot about. We wish we didn't, but we do. Oh, but we do. Yep. So also this year, we started writing for the McMurray blog, which was really a fun thing. We really do enjoy writing together. It's different if you write by yourself than when you write with as a it team, is. Mm-hmm. because it's two ideas coming in together right. to make one project. And yeah. we definitely enjoy writing the Breed Spotlights mm-hmm. for McMurray. Oh, it's look, great fun. Look for a lot more of those in 2024. Mm-hmm. Head on over to their blog and look at the series. We also were extraordinarily grateful to be mentioned in Sally Coulthard's column in UK Country Living. That was super exciting. That was spring of last year. That was very exciting. And, you know, we just want to give a shout out to all the guests who have come on over the year. Thank you so much. We have met some amazing people around the world. We really have. And we have even more UK listeners than we used to. The UK is our second biggest market. Thank you. And a huge thank you to our UK guests and friends. So we've got Fiona. Fiona. We've got Sally Coulthard. We've got Jane Howarth and the British Hem Welfare Trust. Jane, you inspire me every time we talk to mm-hmm. you. Arthur Parkinson. Yes. Kiersey and Paul at Eco Nourish. Yes. And Libby is a friend of ours. And over Libby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have- Nestera family. Yeah. Our Nestera family over there. So, you know, we are grateful for everyone and having everyone come on the show and meet everybody. We've had a lot of ups. We've had a few downs. I have to say that losing Gertie this year was one of my major downs. That was horrible. That was really hard. It was so unexpected and so horrible and so gut-wrenching for me that she was more than just a chicken to me. She traveled with me. She went around. She's overcome major crop problems in the past. Thank you to Dr. Rebecca for saving her life two and a half years ago in which she arrested on the table and Dr. Rebecca resuscitated her for me and gave me two more years. Unfortunately, with chickens who tend to want to eat things they aren't supposed to eat, mm-hmm. it's a repeat frequent flyer thing. And yeah. unfortunately, this fall, while going through her molt, she ate something that wasn't good. And, you know, something that just didn't settle right and with she her. She couldn't recover from it, whatever it was. And, you know, she died in my arms. And that hit me so hard. I'm missing her still mm-hmm. every single day because my flock doesn't seem the same without her. Yeah, it's hard. My loss this year was Zara, one of the Egyptian Fayumis. It was sudden death. We still don't know what caused it, which is difficult to deal with. We didn't have terrible health problems this year with anyone because the year before I was going through all the zinc losses right. and that was horrible. The biggest problem you and I had this year was Bumblefoot because it was a super dry year in Maryland. We had a right. drought. The ground was really hard. And we were pretty sure that the hens were getting microabrasions yeah. from scratching really hard ground. So we had a nice little crop of bumblefoot. Yes. Oh, not good over the summer. So we had to deal with all of those things. And, you know, every chicken has a health problem that you deal with over the year. You remember that mm-hmm. chicken, that girl or boy, and you have a special bond with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, remembering them and taking this time to just reflect. The chickens mean so much to us. 
They do. I've always done this with my animals and I do it with my chickens. When I lose a chicken, I always tell them how much I miss them and love them. And then I thank them. Yeah. Thank you for being in my life. Yeah. And just thank you. And part of me always feels bad. Like I could do everything and still wish I could do more. Of course. And you beat yourself up and you're, you're like, these animals mean so much to us. They bring so much joy and love to our life. Oh, yeah. And the question came up this year, are chickens hardy? Or are they good at hiding and not as hardy? You know, so we were trying to look. Yes and yes. Yeah, we were trying to decipher like they don't show you, so they're strong to make it through. But we wish they did show us so that we could start earlier in trying to help them. So the only thing that we can do is get even more keen with our observation Mm -hmm. of our own chickens and watching them. Yeah, and sometimes that's good and bad, right? You're good because you catch a problem, but I feel like. You're overlooking at everything. You know, you're watching every move, you're right. watching these things. Which can take the joy out of it. You can just be anxious looking all the time and trying right. to figure out if there's a problem. Right. And I think as chicken keeping continues to be popular, and I think as there's more medical research done, we'll continue to make strides in saving our birds when they get sick. Yeah. I also think more than ever that you and I engage in a lot of preventative nursing and preventative care. Nursing is the key to saving anybody, whether you're a human or an animal, right? Nursing is crucial. Nursing is crucial. (laughs) So thank you, nurses. Whether you're human or animal nurses, what you do matters. What you do matters. And the other thing is while we're thanking people is thank you to Dr. Rebecca for going out there for loving chickens and taking their health care to the next level of veterinary care. Absolutely. And giving them the opportunity to get that upper level medical care that they need. Mm-hmm. We're so grateful to have her in our lives and helping us with this. Nursing is immense. It makes you really see that. And, you know, you look back on the year and you say, well, what could I have done? And this and that. But if you care and you nurse and you get medical care, sometimes no matter what you do, the end result will always still be the same. And that's the part that's hard to grasp. And we still don't understand the sudden death either. I mean, that's a really difficult one to grapple with too. It is. Well, let's move on to something that is just as deep, but is more fun. Let's give our thoughts on the breeds that we got this year, our new breeds for this year. Yeah, let's recap 2023 babies. So- I got two Dans, Silver Lace Cochins, and one Rogue Bufforpington. Yeah, which because I lost my Buttercup this year, right. which is another hard one to handle. Yeah. So those babies are extra special to They me. really are. Mm-hmm. The Houdans have a personality that I've never seen before in a chicken. They are the biggest goofballs ever. The first time I saw one of them hanging upside down and looking at your teeth and your necklace, <laughs> I was no good. They jump on me every single day in the run. Mm -hmm. No food to provoke them. Yeah, they just get up. They just want to be up there. It's not like they're coming on to me to get treats from me, to get anything. They just want to be on me. Yeah. And they'll look (laughs) at you. They'll peck at my hat. And I always say, you'll see me on social media, like, this is why I wear a hat in here because... If not, hoodans. I'll have Houdan on my direct head. <laughs> and Margo's the same way. Margo jumps right up on me. The babies are special. They are very loving this year, my babies. Mm-hmm. So how about you over there? You're still not getting eggs. Oh, but wh- one of the dark Brahmas <laughs> swatted today when I petted her. I mean, we're talking December here. Well, you know, I'm laughing because I was desperate in the fall. I was like, I need pulled eggs. I don't know what to do. And then four of my hens started laying again. Yeah. So I've got one of the Barn of Elders, Muffin. Yeah. Apple Blossom, the Delaware is laying. Who else? 
Mary Berry, the Speckled Sussex. Yeah. And Honeysuckle, who is my Swedish flower, Silky Cross. Plus, the Nan can start it again. But the Pullets still have it. I know. But like I said, squatting Dark Brahma. <laughs> so I got the Dark Brahmas. You know, I lost most of my original Brahmas to the zinc eventually, which was also horrible. So we we're a little nervous because we were like, did we do enough work in this run to get the zinc under control? Right. But we got the Dark Brahmas. They've done really well. They're stunning. I think the light Brahmas are stunners too, but the dark Brahmas are this silver lacing that's so pretty. They're sweethearts. I love them. Yeah. I also got a Cochin assortment. Yeah. The Cochins are gorgeous. Gorgeous. I got another silver laced. I got Indigo, who was supposed to be a blue Cochin. I lost the blue color genetics and I got a black Cochin. (laughs) She's the fluffiest Cochin I've ever had in my life. And then I got Nutmeg, who is a partridge coaching, and oh, the colors. Yeah. She's so beautiful. And then, of course, Jane the Langshin. Jane, not named after her mother. Why do you do that when my mom's listening to this? <laughs> Why are you going to try to stir that pot? She's named after Jane Goodall. My mom would be like, that's fine. I don't need to have a chicken named after me. And once again, year review for 2024, I may be naming one of mine, Miss Jane Kelly. Oh, my God. You're such a brown noser. <laughs> But Jane the Langshin is so beautiful, so sweet, so funny. I don't know why I didn't get Langshins before now. I think we got just a great bunch of babies this year. And, And you know, we made good selections. We made good selections for our flock. You know, flock planning starts now. It does. And these babies are so beautiful. Their feathers, like the quality of them. I think what you realize... Way to go, Murray McMurray. Yeah, I think what you realize, the longer that you're a chicken keeper is that Planning is of utmost importance. Absolutely, Planning your flock, planning your breeds, learning the breeds and what they represent in your flock will help keep a more calm, peaceful area for everyone. When you and I were completely candid with ourselves, and you know, we have a lot of experience with chickens, so we kind of know how to gauge ourselves and our wants, but we wanted this year chickens that are beautiful, that would fit into our flocks with minimal drama. And that's yeah. what we got. Yeah, that's what we got. So, I mean, my big girls hadn't had new babies in with them for probably four years. Yeah, you were a little nervous about how that would go. And I entered seven babies in with, yeah. with them. And it took me longer. I was patient with myself. Mm-hmm. But there have been no problems. Yeah. Knock on wood. So fantastic. This year has been all in all a very happy year. My parents are health wise, you know, we're still getting everybody straight health wise, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm grateful for them and everything else. And you know, it's been a good year. It's been a fantastic year in so many ways. So, you know what? Everybody out there, just write to us and let us know how your year's been. Yeah. Send us a message. Send us an email. What have you learned? So, what's your overall learning for this year, you think? My overall learning for this year is patience and Ah. having patience with everything. You know, patience with myself. I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to things. Nuh-uh. So, when I do things, I'm all in. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then it has to be a certain way. It has to be a certain level. I have to kind of zone down a little bit with having parents who had health problems Mm -hmm. with teenagers, one college, one going into high school next year. I don't have all that time to devote to that. So letting a little bit of it go, that's what I've learned over this year. Mm -hmm. You know, right down to the babies taking two and a half months to integrate them. It's okay. It's okay. It is. Go slow with yourself. Go slow with what you're doing and be patient. Mm -hmm. That's what this year has taught me. And gratitude. Gratitude for everything in life. 
you know, this show, our partnership and our business, I'm grateful because not a lot of people would be able to work as closely together as we work together every single day. Right. Our business is you and I. It is. It's us. And sometimes I wish I could clone us because, oh my Lord, do we handle everything ourselves. Right. But I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things was our road trip we took together. That's good. A lot of fun. Everything we do is fun. And we love to laugh. I think for me, and this is very much tied to gratitude, I think one of the things I really learned this year was how to be honest with myself and find joy. Yeah. And that often meant letting things go. That's what you have to do. Yeah. That perfection doesn't exist. Perfection does not exist. And to be honest with myself about my choices, like I might like something, but is that thing really going to bring me joy? Right. And if it's not, I have to let it go. It is not something I need to be chasing. Making those selections in your life that bring you the most joy. Part of that's editing too. I think you find joy in editing your life. Right. And you may notice that we're not heavily edited. We're out here having a conversation and that's what you're getting with us. Editing is very much, well, you know, during my history librarian days, I was an assistant curator of manuscripts. And when you were making a manuscript collection, you had to know what to keep and what was not important. And like, that is the biggest life lesson either. What to keep and what is not important. If it's important, you'll find time for it you'll make space for it. Right. If it's not, you let it go. Right. And that might be breeding chickens. Might not be something you want to do. You just might want pets. And that's great. I think for us, our passion for helping chickens and their owners navigate the whole taking care of them process Mm -hmm. and what to do is so important to us. And getting the information out there from you being a historian, me being a retired veterinary technician, Those things are important to us to get the right information out to you. And we are highly passionate about it. Right. So, you know, like we make it happen no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, whether we have to have a Zoom because one of us is sick, you know, however we're going to record, we record and it gets done because we're that passionate about being there for you guys. And the other thing is, you know, like just knowing to be easy on yourself sometimes. Yeah. Take it easy on yourself. You can take easy on other people, but on yourself first. Yeah. And again, I think, and it's a lifelong process, being honest with yourself is a huge part of it. Exactly. So reach out to us if you want to tell us what you've learned this year. Email us, message us. We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear it. Okay. So, and now it's about that time for... Cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. So this week's Cracking the Eggs is a shrimp and egg pate. Now it sounds a little fancy, but it's not. Kind of sounds weird too. But, but it's, it's good. good. It's really good. Now, it's something that we eat while we're recording because we're so busy recording. It's kind of a fun make-ahead you can do if you just want like some light appetizers for New Year's Eve. Think chunky dip. It's essentially a chunky dip. It's thick and it's better spread on crackers and veggie slices than actually dipping into it. Right. You're going to need a little cheese knife to put with it so that you can cut yeah. it and put it on. I mean, if you're trying to visualize it, I think the best description will be something between pate and a terrine. It's really good. Because I did pack it into a mold and it was nothing fancy. I just used a small Gladware container, right. lined it with plastic wrap. And this was a really fun vintage find. We served it on a vintage goose appetizer plate. Exactly. It was really cute. And the other thing is the girls were here with us. Yeah. And they dug into it too. We kind of devoured it. If you don't want it molded, but you still want it to look fancy, you can roll it into a log mm-hmm. or you could even just dump it on the plate. 
and maybe surround it with the crackers or baguette slices. I mean, think of any kind of mold that you have. It can take on the shape of whatever exactly. you want it to. So it's actually really fun. Mm-hmm. So let's look into the ingredients that we're going to need for this pate. It's two to three hard-boiled eggs, and they're going to, of course, be peeled. I mean, don't be trying to cut them when they're not peeled. That's not Delicious. Good. Crunchy and high in calcium. <laughs> a cup of cooked shrimp, tailed and deveined, of course. A half a cup of roasted red peppers. Four tablespoons of butter or dairy-free butter, and you want this butter to be cold. Mm -hmm. Four tablespoons, which is two ounces, of cream cheese or dairy-free cream cheese. One to two teaspoons of Old Bay, and what I like to do is go closer to the two, maybe even more. And then you're going to need a little additional to sprinkle it on the top. Yeah. And a half a teaspoon of dried dill. Or you could probably use fresh dill, too, just use a little less. Absolutely. Okay, you're going to combine all of your... Ingredients in the bowl of a food processor. Pulse until the mixture looks the way you want it. We like it a bit chunky, more like a terrine again, but you can process it down into a smooth paste if that works better for you. Right. Now, just to make sure it was possible, you can chop it with a knife and stir everything very well together in a mixing bowl if you prefer. I did that just to make sure it works. Exactly. Yep, and it does. So you're going to spray or oil whatever container you want to use as a mold, although. I really like going a little further and lining it with plastic wrap that's been sprayed just because it's so much easier to turn it out. Oh, yeah. You're going to pack in the pate, smooth the bottom, and put it in the refrigerator to chill for at least an hour. You're going to unmold it onto your serving plate or platter, serve this with the small knives for spreading, and voila, you have an easy and delicious New Year's Eve or other holiday app. Or just, hey, We made dinner out of it, really. We made... It was our dinner because we didn't eat that day. We were working. It was really good. You can serve it with gluten-free crackers, Mm -hmm. regular crackers, anything that you would normally serve it on. I think it works better on something like bready versus vegetables because it is more of a slice like kind of thing. You could put it on celery. If you pre-made it, like if you had some wide radish slices and you pre-made those as little hors d'oeuvres, it would probably work. Right. But yeah, if you're grabbing the knife, it does spread better on something like crackers or baguette right. slices. Yeah, yeah. And it was that easy. And can we talk about that vintage goose plate? Oh, it was great. You found it. I was at dinner on my birthday and you were texting me. You're like, <laughs> should I buy this? And I'm like, yes, yes. Well, I'll tell you. So goose are very well known for providing people with goose liver pate. Right. And this essentially was a pate plate. And what it is, is the goose is looking down at its body, which is the plate. Right. Super cute. Kind of creepy, though, if you think that it came with goose liver on it. It's disgusting. And so- Sorry. No, it's okay. And so I was like, I don't know if I should pay this much for this. It was like five bucks for the plate. You said, did you get that? I like it. Well, yeah. I, yes, I had gotten it. <laughs> and I went home and looked it up, and those goose pate plates sell for like 40 or $50. Yeah, it was a good deal. Like, I know it when I see it. I mean, it's like, good deal. Well, obviously, I knew it, too, because I had bought it before you answered. Yeah, exactly. So try it. You might like it. Talk chickens with your bestie and have some with some crackers. You're going to love it. Okay, so let's move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. Yeah. This week's retail therapy is our tradition of chicken Chicken booze. booze. That is booze for you, not not for your chickens. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... We love ourselves some chicken booze. Okay, so it's our annual chicken and booze, and we're going to talk about a few wines. Sometimes it's all about what the wine bottle looks like when you drink it. (laughs) 
kind of like it's about what the cup of coffee your mug looks like that you drink your coffee out of. Now, these things matter. They really do add to the experience. But I will say if I drink a bad wine, even with a good label, I'm not drinking it again. <laughs> I agree because they're too expensive to like worry about. Yeah. But if it has chicken on the label, oh, yeah, I'm going to want that wine. So what's your first pick this year? Okay, so one is a classic. You've had it before. I have not been able to get it, but now I can get it mm-hmm. and I will get it. And we're going to have it on New Year's Eve. It's the Chook Sparkling Shiraz. Oh, I love that wine. It is so good. You know, one of the things that's fantastic with, believe it or not, is pizza. Yeah. I mean, it's a sparkling Shiraz. How mm-hmm. can you go wrong with this? Give it a little chill too. It's really good. And it's called the Chook. Okay. Yep. And on the label, of course, is a Chook. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I'm going to be drinking this New Year's Eve. Perfect. Sparkling wine. You can't go wrong. My next offering is an oldie but a goodie. And the reason I'm mentioning it is La Via Ferme, the old farm. The reason I'm mentioning that is because you can now buy that in a box. So the chicken lady can take it anywhere you want in a box. I love the boxes if you live with a partner like me who's not a drinker. Right. And I can't drink a whole bottle of wine a lot of the time. Right. So I'll buy like little minis and things, but I love the box. Right. Because I can hit that box when I want it. And get great wine. I think we still have a bottle of that upstairs. We do. That we need to open. So we love ourselves that wine too. Oh, it's delicious. They're good. A box of, that's actually a good Christmas or birthday gift. A box of La Via Ferme Rosé. Yes. Talk to me. I love some rosé, man. Our final offering, me too. Our final offering is a new one. The label is ridiculously cute. We have not tried this wine, but it is really, really enticing. And that is... From Firehouse Wine Cellars, Chicken in Pants. And the chicken on the label is wearing pants. It looks like a leghorn or a breast rooster, and he's got on denim overalls. It is so <laughs> freaking cute. It better taste good because I want those in my I wine know. in my wine refrigerator. So apparently this is a semi-sweet red. It has notes of black currant, earthy forest floor. It's best served chilled. I enjoy a chilled red. You know what? Everyone says, don't chill your reds. I always chill some of my reds. There are certain reds that are really good chilled. Yeah. So this winery, Firehouse Wine Cellars, is out of South Dakota. Nice. And they have a reputation for quirky but very delicious wines. Let's go. And this bottle is about $21 retail. That's not bad. We Mm -hmm. need to get this wine. Chicken in pants. I need chicken in pants. Yes. (laughs) We we all need chicken in pants. (laughs) And we need the chook. And we need all the wines with labels of chickens on them because it's nothing better than to look at the label on there. Do you remember when we were kids and we would stare at the cereal box while we ate the bowl of cereal? Yeah, you would actually read the cereal box. It was a thing we did. It's weird. And we would sit at the table and the cereal box would be completely just sitting in front of us and we'd be eating the cereal, reading the box. Well, some of them, like Captain Crunch, would have mazes or word searches on the back. Yeah. yeah, so we want to sit here and stare at the chook, stare stare at the, the chook on the wine bottle. Chicken and pants. Okay, so for New Year's Eve, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, before we go into what we're going to be talking about next week, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. We hope that you have the best New Year's Eve and New Here's Year's Day with family and great, friends. Great, great 2024. Yeah, we're hoping for great things in 2024 and to take you guys along the ride with us. Yes. Okay, and so should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about Next week, which is the first week of 2024. Mm, we're starting off the new year with a bang. Breed Spotlight, the Lavender Orpington. I'd say that's a bang. Main topic, we have a roundtable with Nikki Husted. You might know Nikki from Purely Chickens. Yes. We're talking expanding your flock, especially your coops and runs. It's a great roundtable. We had a fun time with Nikki. Mm-hmm. Cracking the eggs. 
this is perfect comfort food. Butter noodles with eggs and cheese. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yeah. And retail therapy, haha, rebels that we are. We're talking coop eaters. We are. Ha ha. Okay, so what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. And have a great New Year's. Happy we'll New see Year. you next year. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.